Hello guys and welcome to this Una podcast with Katie Muller and myself sharing um, a few ideas about a topic that's come to mind a few times in my career and just came again this week. So we thought we would share about this and this goes like this. Does your strength can become your weaknesses? And I tell you where I'm coming from with this is that I look at health in such a holistic way, or I try to anyway, and try and balance things out. But I'm seeing very different bodies, very different minds, very different stories in my patients coming through the door. And every time I take it, as I should, singularly, so I'm looking at what is the story, what these people are for, what brought them all the way to be here that day. And the thing interesting is that in this kind of big array of, of different body types and mental health systems, I see that some people will apparently come as strong on mm. either physical body and they've trained a lot or they're very good at yoga or they're very good at Pilates or and all of that was something they reacted to because they had an injury or someone okay. introduced it to them. Same with mental health. Some have really started big work on introspection, some of them psychotherapy, etc. So mm. and they come in with this obviously this is part of their history. I guess they come from their genetic, with their education with their upbringing and then suddenly with what they become as adults. But the thing interesting here is that I observe this and obviously sometimes I'm trying to think, okay, so they're being very, very good at one particular thing. And I observe that after a certain time, it seems that those strengths can have a reverse effect and this is what will bring them down, either physically okay. or mentally. So I want to share with Katie something interesting here about, I give an example about exercise because we are in Una, thinking about health in a physical way, in a mental way, in a social way, as you know. And obviously we are promoting doing exercise, mm -hmm. moving for all the good reasons that it's helping with the circulation. And this is the essence of life. We know that you have your heart has to beat well. You have to have amazing arterial flow, venous drainage, lymphatic drainage that will help your immune system, your digestion. You've heard this a million times. But there is something that always struck my mind and I, have, I was lucky to know my great-grandmother and she died mm -hmm. over a hundred and If you think of it, she never ran from here to here because that wasn't what we did at this time when we were a lady. And it was interesting because she lived very long. She lived very healthy. She would drink a glass of wine every single lunch. She would eat her apple. She would do a little exercise, you know, just rolling her shoulders. There was a little routine going on, but she never exercised as such. And when I came into this whole kind of feel of health and exercising and being an osteopath and being a Pilates teacher, which sure. I was for a while, I was like, okay, I'm doing a lot, I'm doing a lot. And then I worked in a space where people were really training hard. Mm. Like they were dedicated with the best food, with the best personal trainers, with the best nutritionists and you name it. And we worked into a spa around there and the spa was full. Mm. Every single person there had an injury. Not a big injury, but a bit tendinitis of the rotator cuff on the right shoulder, a Something bit of lower back pain, up. a bit of a knee, a bit of that. And I was thinking, hang on a minute, if this is people that spend so much time mm. and a bit of learning on their own health by exercising every single day in a gym, in a quite a different way, sometimes you could see when there was a big imbalance, when the men just want to get really big in the front so they neglect the back or sure. they get really big at the top and neglect the bottom. But it wasn't just that. And that question came back to me quite a lot. So what I want to discuss with you, Katie, is this idea that there is this thing 
that we would call overtraining because oh my goodness, we absolutely. know that a lot. And and for you, it's incredible because you come from a background, as we know, of I don't I don't know. You probably did overtrain at yeah. some point in your life. And tell us what brought you there in your mind, and at which sure. point did you manage to realize, okay, I'm getting so good, so good, so good, but actually this overtraining is now having a counter effect on my health. That's right. Physical, probably mental. Tell us a bit about that story and how did you manage to find <clears throat> that that little moment? I think that overtraining sometimes can become an obsession, mm -hmm. right? And it's an obsession in the mind where it's something that you're controlling and you feel that you're doing so well at it and you're receiving great feedback, you know, from the other side. And then you go to a certain point and when that tipping point, you know, takes effect, it's when your mental health or your physical health starts to feel that shift and that change. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, certain things might come about, right? Injuries, feelings um, that you know, okay, I'm not feeling so well that I was at the beginning and why I got into this in the first place. Now it's kind of having that adverse effect. And I can, can you stop at that point? Because you, you, you know, you've pushed... You've pushed it so far away. You become so good at it. It's become part of your life. You know, your whole life is timed around sure. this. You train every day. Maybe you think about it in the morning. You eat specifically for it. Your circle of friends mm. is around that time, especially when you were a dancer or a cheerleader. You know, that would, your whole world was around that, right? I think this is where, you know, Una obviously is born around this idea of finding different facets and different tools mm -hmm. that you can start to plug in that then get you to think in a different way. And then the training becomes even better, right? Your results right. become even more fulfilling. For example, mm -hmm. you know, with training with a lot of my clients, you know, they come and they are routine. You know, all of us, we, we talk about this routine repetition. It's so key. It's great. But sometimes I like to challenge, you know, my clients and myself to try a different workout. Good. Just do breathing. Mm -hmm. Just stop. Just lie there on your mat. Just breathe. Reset the system. Mm -hmm. You know, get the metabolism to come down. All these things, which then in turn help your training and they help your results in a different way. I think train, that's very good. Train at a different time of the day. That's right. Try a different instructor mm -hmm. because it's maybe in a different voice, in a different cue that you hear something differently that then... In a way, it falls back into the biodiversity of exercise as well. And I will mm -hmm. say this because I see a lot of people that tune in in such a repetition that also they become dependent. Because there's a little thing that we know called endorphin that is released, but there's a satisfaction after a big exercise. Like sure. it could be a run, a jog, a class yes. on Una, or anything that you've, you've you know, that necessitates a bit of strength and, mm. and sweat. And after that, wow, you have this release of achievement. Completely. But you have a real chemical reaction to it. It's a, it's a sense of happiness, really. But it's an endorphin, so it's a derivative of morphine, which you can also get very addicted to. Mm -hmm. And this is something I see so much. I need to tell you a story that I see quite often that is interesting. I see a middle-aged man, 45, who used to be very sporty in his early years, let's say from 15 to 25, and then work took over, and then family life, etc., etc. So he kind of dropped off the wagon a little bit, put a bit of weight, and he's hitting the 45 mark, which is when, in a way, your reality faces your dreams, right? You had dreams since you were 15. You're thinking, that's what's going to happen in my life. Maybe you have a little projection, if not dream. Sure. And eventually you're 45 and you realize there's maybe less left than there was before. Mm. Where am I compared to? So you're facing your dreams. And that's the daunting, you know, little switch of like the midlife crisis, as we call it. And it always is the same story. Someone in the environment said, you know what? I've just discovered cycling. It's amazing. Or I've discovered running. And, you know, and someone will take them on that journey. And their body has great memory of that 
moment of being so healthy. So within no time, they the lose weight, memory, yeah. the muscle memory comes back, they are really strong. But this, hear me out, this is what happens. A lot of it is in the legs, and when you train your legs a bit more, and cycling does it a lot, mm. obviously, you start secreting more testosterone. So testosterone is what will change this metabolism in your body, you will metabolize your fat differently, you will grade more muscle, but it changes the way you think as well. A bit like, and you've heard about this, I'm sure people sometimes take corticosteroid to get bigger when the bodybuilders right. do that. It works, but it also changes their mind. It makes them very aggressive. Comes mm. with testosterone, a change of mindset. You yeah. become a bit more competitive, a bit aggressive, so they become a bit snappy at home. Mm. And also, they be, you know, their confidence build up again because maybe they lost a bit of confidence and they become, they just change their personality. And there's that tip. And the tip is the usually, it's an injury. Goes into the weakness. Sometimes you fall, yep. sometimes you something's happens, sometimes you get an injury. Mm. And when that kind of re reclaiming of that strength from before becomes, you think, another strength, it can just take you in the worst place. Because when this stops, the drop is kind of catastrophic. And I think coming back to what you said about how you, you guide your, your, your clients on Una is to say sometimes, let's say it's 7 o'clock, you're about to go for a run, you're looking for it, and you, yeah, and you stop and you think, do you know what? I'm not going to do that. Mm. I'm not going to go out for that run. I'm going to do something else and I'm going to... I could steal something for my health. I could read something. Yes. I could listen to a podcast. I could listen to a video. I could, you know, still stay in the same realm that yes. I was implementing to put time in, which is my health, but not do that by choice. Yes. And you would just kind of train your body to be like, okay, do not feel anguish or addicted to what we were about to do. Feel replenished by a different way of applying yourself into True. your realm of health. And this is something that is so difficult, but I'm thinking about it all the time. And this is now where I want to take it into the mental health. And I do coaching a bit, which I love, and it's really interesting to me to listen how people narrate their life mm -hmm. and also what they think their life looks like and how they deliver the message to you. And you're sitting there as a therapist and you just kind of take all these hands and you're trying to say, be as objective as you can. Do not judge, do not judge, do not judge. You take it all. And then you compare it to patterns you know, and then you try and right. put it into perspective in their social or professional environment. And when you do that, you realize that a lot of people, for example, people that you that would say are at the top of the pyramid in the mm. in a professional structure, are very empowered by their idea of power. And they think that because they control things and they know things and they have these people working for them, and as long as they hold everything right, they're mm. gonna be able to steer this big ship into the right place. But what they don't realize is that by doing that, so that in their head is a strength. I'm strong. I'm a strong leader. I'm in and, control. And also yeah. the leader is a good thing. Leadership sure. is a good thing. I'm leading these people in the right place. But they are also putting these people in a place where they, they, will, be, they will really struggle mm. to be honest. So let's say we are in a board meeting and I'm there and I'm that leader and I'm like, yes, I'm going to tell you things. Instead of having nine amazing feedbacks that are honest from different people, and therefore nine different ideas that with mine could make 10, which is mm. an amazing pool to brew with for to get an That's amazing right. strategy. I'm gonna hear nine times people telling me what I want to hear because they are a bit anxious around me because I'm such a leader. So it's like, this is one of my strengths and I think is my strength and I build mm. myself to become a leader and I've learned how to speak and I've learned how to hold myself because here I am and you know, but you miss the collaboration. You miss that. That's where we talk about where the magic happens, right? And that's where with you that's and right. I, you know, you have your your strengths and I have mine, but then we both have weaknesses. But it's almost, you know, 
in conversations or in discussions like what you were, you know, just speaking of, it's letting us share our ideas, mm-hmm. knowing that neither one is right, even though sometimes we might think that we are. But, you know, it's just kind of balancing that and, and hearing it out to that, then draw that in. Because I really find that where with myself and with my clients, passing a lot of them off to you, mm-hmm. you know, from them coming to the studio and saying, you know, I'm, I'm coming and I'm, I'm training five times a week and I'm doing this and this and this. And what can I do more? Mm-hmm. And at that point, I see it and I'm like, okay, we're going past the enjoyment now. Right, we're going into this this realm of of the mental addiction. side addiction, I'm where it, it you know it. exactly, mm-hmm. and they're not get, getting what they should be getting out of it, which is the joy of movement, and that's where the results come in. That's where being free and feeling that comes. So, the there's fun. exactly, but their strength to start was the discipline, right? Their strength was showing up. Their strength was setting their routine. Their strength was getting there day after day, but then that strength becomes their weakness because it's like, okay, now let loose a little bit. Be a little bit free. If your day yeah. doesn't go as planned, if if the run doesn't happen because it's raining and you end up staying inside and, you know... You feel the benefit of it. Right, something. And that's why, you know, I always... I And it is... It's a mind shift, right? You, you have to consciously think about it. You know, if I haven't done something throughout the day that I had planned to do, getting out and taking my kids to the park, that is my movement. Mm-hmm. But I switch it in my mind because before I do it, I think this is my movement. Right. This is what I'm doing. And I'm, I don't know if you're the same, but. I think it's hard because you, you apply, we have scarce time here because we have to work, we have to look after our families like most people, and yes. you know, we're all kind of compressed. So we, we account for every second, maybe not second, but every minute. And once, so we plan stuff. And when this doesn't seem to work out, then you think you're losing time, right. you know? So you have this immediate feeling is like, I'm losing at life right mm. now. I'm losing time. This was planned. This is not working. Mm. I will never have time in the future to catch up on it, which means I want to do And And then suddenly you spiral quite quickly into this idea that something that you've missed right. is something that you've missed forever. And I think that's the thing that we have to change as well, is that we need to be able to to juggle a little bit more of those different concepts and even to say I've worked hard yes. to to build on those strengths for example the discipline for example mm. showing up for example I'm not saying you shouldn't show up but I'm just saying you, you have to understand that if you That's can it, you yeah. do but if you don't you do it with respect and you mm-hmm. do it but with respect for yourself and not just starting whipping yourself for not being that person that you've worked so hard to become That's right. and I think with the people we help a little bit now people who are applying to to be part of the UNA community, the conversation here is to say, build all the strength that you can, but remember that there's a bit of a loop here mm-hmm. and a strength can very quickly become one of your weakness. But the good news here is that one of the weakness can become one of your strengths yes. because the loop goes both ways. So now identifying which they are and what and how you can work on all of those brings you, I guess, the word that comes Always, it's a sense of balance and mm-hmm. equilibrium. So you go back into the middle and thinking, okay, I'm very good at this and I should go towards it, but I also need to nurture this weakness and not yes. just go towards the things I'm really good at. And I think that diversity, and that, I guess, feeds a bit into the conversation we had about the microbiome that we had about most of our conversations is that there's a biodiversity also in the mental settings that you need to apply to your sure. everyday there was a book that I read called Strengths Finder. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's great. I'll, I'll find it and I'll dig it out and I'll bring it to you. But 
there is, you read different sections, but then there's a quiz at the end that you do online and it asks, it's a long quiz. It asks mm. you a lot of questions and you come out the other side knowing some of your strengths and, you know, some of your weaknesses based off of your responses and your answers, right? There's no right or wrong answer. Mm. It's just genuinely, how would you react? How would you like to be communicated to? And how would you communicate out to people, right? right? So it was interesting because when I read that, I read it when I was managing a team of 100 people. And it really put things into perspective for me to know where did my strengths and weaknesses lie in my communication with others. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me in that sense. And it's helped me through parenting. Yeah, I'm sure I was going to say, this is relationship. Being a business partner, you know, knowing. Being a friend. Being a friend. friend. Being, you know, a wife, because I work, as you know, with my husband. And where people always say to me, how do you two do it? You know, how can you work Mm. together? And I said, from very early on, we both identified each other's strengths and weaknesses, and we didn't hold it against each other. Mm. And that's where the collaboration happened, right? The growth, and it's obviously continuing all yeah. the time because it's not always perfect, you know, we, but we have to find our feet. But when there's that, you know, mutual respect for yourself mm-hmm. and, you know, for the other, you want to try and grow within those strengths because, you know, your weaknesses are not always bad. That sometimes mm-hmm. is great, you know, when you can acknowledge, okay, that might be my weakness in whose eyes? Is it yours eyes? Is it their eyes? You know, what is the weakness? Because sometimes the stillness and not feeling that, you know, you need to constantly be chasing your tail is a beautiful thing too. That's true. I mean, I think, I, I love you, you bring the, the Danny and you in a way, is, it's quite an incredible team because this identification of both your strengths and weaknesses is also... You're, you're very complimentary. And I think that also is, you know, I mean, you chose one another and it's it's working very well. But I think that if most It's taken couples, time. It's taken time, though. Yeah. And, I don't think and it's, it's taken it's, a lot I can of imagine. work, you mm-hmm. know, and I want people yeah. to know that, um, you know, who see the beautiful side of everything is that, you know, it takes commitment and showing up and having conversations more than one could wish at times. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a talker. I like to kind of delve deeper and get it all out and really get it out, get it out, get it out until we finish. And sometimes Danny's like, okay, we're not done yet. And I'm like, yes, let's just, let's finish this conversation. But it helps, (laughs) right? And it it really has, you know, proven that actually in that moment, we get to the other side and we're growing. I think that's, that's, I mean, we should even wrap it up around this because I find that this is enough to... It's just a mindset that we need to remember ourselves that, you know, we need to grow in places that we are at ease because it's easier. But, mm. you know, we tilt a little bit. If you think about the world tilted a little bit, it's always easier to go down here. So if this is in this instance, this is something that it's ease. So it's easier for you to do. So we have to kind of show up and make the decisions that are difficult for us sometimes and being challenged. But at the same time, thriving to our... I guess the easiest way, knowing that if we go too far in it, it mm. will become something that might counterproductively hold us back. And I think in, until you've experienced it, it's very difficult to feel that. So if anyone's looking and watching and thinking that this is something that can resonate with them, I think they should really think about what are my strength weaknesses? Am I getting too much here? Am I getting too much here? Is, does everything is in balance? Am I rethinking physical, mental, social? Am I thinking that in my conversation... And my communication with my friends, with mm. my family, I'm putting this in perspective and I've, I'm identifying what I think their strengths and weaknesses are. But funny enough, they have a very different view yes. about their own, which means, hang on a minute, am I objective on my strengths and weaknesses? This is it. Or should I ask someone else to say, by the way, do you 
just tell me what do you think my strengths and weaknesses are? And you'll be like, oh, right, okay, I didn't see that. And, and you couldn't, it's not something that you could, it's not about how clever you are, it's just you can't be that objective by yourself. So that's right. It's worth not, and I, I don't really suggest you should do this for your partners because that can be challenging, but at least your friends. <laughs> I think that's what friends are for, you know, good friends. There's a, there's a part of honesty there when you say, okay, listen, actually, I have a real question for you. Mm. What do you think? Do you think that, you know, what do you think of me anyway? That's an in incredible question. It is. And it, it's, it's a brave question to ask, mm -hmm. too. And I've asked you, you know, before, because we have these conversations at times, because it's a, it's a safe space, right, to say, all right, hit me with it. Tell me what you think. What could I do differently in this? How could I, you know, do this differently? And I think it's, it's true when you feel safe within um, a friendship that, you know, someone can put the mirror back on you mm -hmm. and say, well, actually, have you thought of this? And not saying that you're doing it wrong or you're That's doing right. it right, but just to kind of get the creative thought process is flowing. I heard a quote the other day, which I loved, and it was, your first reaction is your ego, your mm -hmm. second reaction is your growth. And it really resonated because I thought, ooh, this is, this is really great. It gets you thinking about, okay, my first reaction might be my weakness, right? It might be my jump, my go-to. But now kind of, and this goes with everything in life, right? Mm -hmm. Parenting, you know, running a business or even at the grocery store or driving, you know, thinking, okay, my first reaction would have been this. Now I'm going to take a deep breath. I'm going to think, you know, how I want to, to project out what I want my growth to be. And Actually, I'm going to bounce off that. Go for it. On something that I find social media really interesting and really scary. And it's that the speed at which social media moves means that we are all reacting. Mm -hmm. I'm taking this and I agree. You know, you, you're hit by a story, by a picture, and you know it's fast. And you just... Yep. And then you wrote it, and it's there, and it, it will never disappear, as we know. It's always there, and you think, hang on, this is, a, this is not my opinion. And I think this is the thing you need to remember, is that we've accelerated ways of communicating, but also of being, that is just more into the constant react, reaction. And I think the second part it, it could be growth. I would call it opinion in a way that sure. you wait, you learn maybe a bit more about the subject, sure. you think a bit. And I think any one of us here, if every time we're about to Twitter or write on a comment on Instagram or Facebook, if we were to say, you know what, let's wait 12 hours. Mm. I'm just going to sit down with this and leave it there. Yeah. And you would come back in 12 hours. I'll be curious to see what we wrote, if we wrote anything at all. And this is the thing. Where does it come, this thing of be, being into the reaction? And, but this is one of the things. We, we, we are allowed to now because this is what the social media has we done. Can, and that's the strength. I think it's not a strength, for example. No, it, it feels strongly about it, but we shouldn't. But this is the it thing, is a it's a perfect example. Technology, you know, the way that it's moved and the way it's developed, it's a strength, right? We've had it, it's amazing, it's happening, but it's also a weakness, right? Like you've just said, so it's, mm. it's harboring and honoring both sides and then taking a step back and choosing, okay, where do I want to approach that? From mm. what angle? And how do I want to feel coming out the other side? And that's everything from how you move, you know, exercise-wise, what you choose to do, on the internet, you know, through mm. technology, are are you using it or is it using you, mm. right? And we, I know we've spoken about all these things, but it, it all these conversations really intertwine, mm -hmm. and it leads us back to, you know, the original question of overtraining, and osteopathy, and the holistic side mm. of well-being. You know, kind of, it's it's an articulation, right? Totally. I mean, it's like the, it's movement, and we talk about movement constantly, and this is this. How can I make things move 
in a harmonious way from my mind to my body, from the body to my mind, from myself to someone else, mm. from myself to my environment? Do I, am I letting enough of an, the environment coming in? These are your strengths mm. that have no limit. There's no limitation in being a better listener. There's no limitation in being a better lover, if that, whatever that means. There's no limitation no, in being... More humble, more kind. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you can go as far as you want with this. This is the thing. And it's interesting. And these are strengths, I think, to be yes. looked for. But everything else, strengths that are more related to your body, to your muscles, really, or strengths that are related to your leadership or things, mm. to your parenting as a strict parent, all of that. They have, they, obviously, boundaries are really important. We talk about parenting many times. But I think these are strengths that are great to cherish. But we have to be careful because they have they can really backlash and be quite actually detrimental to your mindset and even your body. That's true. We must do another conversation at some point about boundaries. I like that one. All right. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> this was so great. Okay, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope that again started a conversation, started a few a few ideas through your mind, and maybe you want to share it with us because this is what we want to do this. This is not just picking together. We're speaking at you. We're speaking with you. So please, please take a minute. Absolutely. Just share something with us, even if it's just a couple of words, and we will, we will use that for the next conversation. We'll use that to grow. We'll use that for mm-hmm. us. So please help us educate ourselves. Thank you. Thank you so much. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.